Welcome to the Second Success Podcast by Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. Getting clear on the mindset for repeatable success. Hello and welcome to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, the Clear Coach. And today I have a very special episode as I'm not joined by one, but two guests today. Two guests that form Roots and Rhymes. We'll get to hear more about them shortly. But before then, a little bit of an update as to what I've been getting up to this week. Um, It's been my first week of adopting a new lifestyle change. I'm going down a bit of a fitness route. Um, Because of lockdown, uh, like many others, I've probably not been as careful in looking at what I've been eating. So yes, the pounds have piled on. So this week has, with some assistance, uh, mind you, has been about cleansing the palate. So literally I've been living off um, baked chicken breast and greens pretty much. And that's been my diet. And to be honest, uh, I've noticed quite a bit of a difference already. So uh, I'm quite happy about that. And uh, as well as the the food, um, also been doing daily exercise. So six days in definitely seen an improvement so let's see if I can keep this up and keep it going because I want to get that summer bod and if I'm able to keep it up and make this transformation um, I'll talk about it a little bit more actually maybe some of the challenges some of the mental challenges because as much as it started off very easy Monday come Thursday oh the food pangs the sugar cravings the the tightness around the abdominals oh it was a quite difficult. Yesterday was a little bit easier, so I'm hoping this weekend, you know, I'm going to hopefully start getting used to it. Let's see. Today I am joined by the dynamic duo that make up Roots and Rhymes, and that is Chunts and Mac. Founded and hosted by UK-based veteran DJ Chunts, alongside his co-host and MC Mac, who both witnessed and were part of the 2000s UK Bangra revolution firsthand, their podcast show explores how urban culture and music has shaped the incredible Brit-Asian pop culture that we're experiencing today. Roots and Rhymes is now one of the UK's leading British Asian podcasts, drawing from the experiences and stories of the most iconic innovators in Asian popular culture today. Their show plays host to iconic DJs, musicians, radio personalities, fashion designers, comedians and industry professionals who come from different backgrounds from around the world. Chunts began his career as a DJ within the Asian events industry whilst completing his undergrad as a product designer. He then went on to professionally design consumer audio products for a number of reputable brands. In 2005, Chunts and Mac dominated the Northern England's DJ circuit, performing alongside each other. Mac is a qualified life coach and hypnotherapist, working with people to overcome their challenges to improve their mental health. Musically, he has been the man with a mic in his hands since his youth as a rapper and poet, forming an electric partnership as an MC working with DJ Chunts, performing up and down the country on the club scene. Let's hear how the lockdown last year kick-started their Roots and Rhymes journey. But first, let's hear them in action. We are back in the house, Roots and Rhymes season two. Are you ready for this, bro? Back in the building. I am ready. I am ready. It was just beyond our wild streams. Obviously, we had high expectations about what it could be, mm. but what it turned into hit every one of them expectations and beyond. Thousands and thousands of listens worldwide. It wasn't even a little local thing in Bradford somewhere. It was like India, Canada, US. The only reason why we're doing season two is because we know it's going to be bigger and better. 
Roots and Rhymes is such an apt name because we are talking about the roots of this culture. It's the nostalgic factor. It is going back in history and learning about those people that you grew up on. The inspirations, yeah. the little anecdotes, I think that's what made it quite special and that's what got us the following. Hello, Mac. Hello, Chance. Uh, the boys from Roots and Rhymes, welcome to the Second Success Podcast. It's great to be here, Akish. You know what? I feel uh, a little bit nervous amongst you two guys because I consider you guys the professionals, and here's me still learning the craft. <laughs> I think I think one thing that we're all doing at the moment is, and this is a general principle for life, is everybody's winging it and learning <laughs> as they go. So uh, we're all in the same boat, bro. Do you know what? That's that's a that's a strong point you bring up there. That you know you're winging it, people are learning as they go along. But do you know what? Too often people sit there with dreams that they want to do and just wait until everything might be ready before they start. And you kind of think how many dreams are unrealized because of that and how important it is to just do it really. I think, I think or to an extent, Rikish, I think we're all guilty of that to some extent because even, even ourselves and, and what we're doing in the beginning, it was very much when's the right time. Okay. When should we hit the go button? But then sometimes like you say, just do it and then yeah. so let's take us back to that so as i said i talk about second success so it's people who have achieved success then done something pivoted done something different to achieve actually second or multiple successes but it's about the mindset mm-hmm. so let's go back to pretty much mm-hmm. this time last year you know you guys were doing what you're doing and what changed and what essentially made you come up with the roots and rhymes podcast which has gone on to be a real great success well, I think this time last year, obviously the the pandemic was was very well. There was a lot of talk around the pandemic, but me and Mac have also we've we've been on set. Me as a DJ, Mac as my MC for for a very long time. But we've always fluctuated. We've gone in and out of it constantly because of our initial careers and and um, even just uh, developing our families and stuff like that and what we're doing in our personal lives, but. Very much at this point last year, it wasn't even an idea. It it was more towards the May, June time, which I got in contact with Mac and said, "Right, I'm a massive fan of podcasts. I reckon there's something in what we what we uh, do here." And the conversation that me and Mac like to have between each other, let's elaborate on that idea. And we brainstormed and we came up with a few ideas. We thought, okay, well, podcasting is almost like a a level playing field for a lot of people. It you put it out there and you you see what sticks and you develop the ideas as you go along, like much people. So I did a little bit of a short course in it on on Udemy, but um, we very much had like FaceTime calls, brainstorming, didn't we, Matt? We came up with so many different ideas for the for the name and how we should approach it, what we could have as long content rather than something that's just four or five episodes and then you run out of ideas. We wanted something that could kind of grow. I thought, I think, you know, when it, when it came out, I thought, you know, for me, it kind of took me back to my younger days, let's say, because of, you know, the artists that you had on, some of the music mm. that you were playing. So for me, it was a bit of a, uh, a retro for me and obviously some new stuff as well. But um, I mean, Mac, I mean, obviously, look, you, like myself, do coaching as well. So from you, how, how did you, you know, with everything going on last year and you coming into this, what were, you, what were your drivers, I suppose? You know, obviously, you know, you, you guys are discussing this, but where did you think this is going to take you? Was it going to be something, okay, let's 
just just have fun or was it something strategic and you're thinking you know we've got to do something here i think it came from a place of a little bit a little bit of both because music for us ultimately is fun and passionate and when you're passionate about something obviously in in our industries rakesh you know that if you've got passion in someone you you've got you know a good 50 percent of mm-hmm. of success waiting to happen because the, the the desire and the drive is there so it was a combination of passion so we it would be fun but trying trying to put as much strategy in place without it becoming constrictive to the creative process so mm-hmm. laying out foundations and saying this is what we're doing. Let's do it to the best of our abilities. Let's try and take it in this direction, but let's also retain the flexibility to go, well, if if things need to happen, we can pivot at certain points and make the most mm-hmm. of opportunities. So a combination of both. And, and it's, I think that that's what ultimately has helped with our success is not being too fixated on a particular strategy mm-hmm. to the point where it becomes almost uh almost shackles that you can't shake off because you think that it has to go in this direction and if it doesn't we're not succeeding it's like no success is um sometimes a blunt canvas and we wanted to pursue it in that in that way okay and what were the um chance you mentioned that you know you, mm. you did a udemy course and all that kind of stuff what were your main challenges in getting the podcast off the ground well first of all was actually knowing how to structure a podcast what was involved how to host it how to come across how does the the whole technological side of it work i mean mm-hmm. anybody can record some audio on absolutely basic software with a basic microphone but i think that the goal was here and this is going to what we were saying earlier that you can almost overthink it and think i need to do this i need to have this it's not going to be great if i don't have this mm-hmm. i was actually guilty of that very much in the beginning and we we almost exhausted the discussion of ideas very early on. And we just got to the point that, okay, we just need to do an episode. Just sometimes I think the hardest thing, even if you're writing a book or you're doing anything, something, the hardest thing is writing that first page or that first paragraph. And then the ideas just end up flowing after that. So Mm -hmm. that's why we took the decision for me to actually interview Mac as the first episode. Yeah. It allowed us to shake the cobwebs off. We were familiar with each other. We knew what we were going to be doing after that. But then as Mac said, as, the the season went along we we had an initial idea and it kind of organically grew and developed into something subtly different which ultimately worked and was a contributor to the to the success of it i mean for me um you know i started my podcast what was it late october beginning of november i think it was Mm, and for me it was getting the guests on of the right guests, people that hmm. may, hmm. you know, got an inspirational story that might be able to, you know, because for me, my podcast isn't about me. It's about the people that I bring on. So it's about getting those people on. And it's hmm. not that I've exhausted the list in any way, but it's getting people's time and getting them on board. Hmm. So turning it to you guys, you know, some of the guests you've had on are just like, you know, luminaries really. <laughs> How did you manage it? I mean, were you struggling with their times or is it easy enough to get hold of them? So... It's it's very difficult and it's very easy to uh, to some extent. You have tools available which make it extremely easy. So we found like online apps which made it easy for us to put in times we were unavailable and we would fire that off and say just slot in a time whenever's free for you. So that makes it easy from a scheduling perspective. Also, we leveraged uh, opportunities where particular people were promoting something at that time. 
they tend to want to do media and they tend mm-hmm. to want to do press and they're more likely to engage with you at that time. Um, but then also it became difficult at times because you don't get, you don't get emails back. You know, mm-hmm. you, you constantly, if you really, and it always tends to be the people you go directly for and you're like, that would shape this season fantastically. Yep. They're the difficult ones to get hold of. I've faced that as well, to be honest. There's a couple of people that I'm still, that they've pushed me back till April, but I'm still going to hound them. Yeah. And this is the thing. It is about this persistence, isn't it? You just got to keep going. Absolutely. You can't you can't stop, can you? I, th- I think you've got to remove that idea that if you get sh- shot down once or, yeah, it's not quite right now, that you don't feel any kind of embarrassment to go back a month later and say, are mm. we ready now? Because ultimately mm. you, you need to, you need these people for the podcast in order to make it what it is. They have a product. You want to, you want to basically um, give them a platform as well. So it is a bit of a two-way exchange to some mm. extent, and you've got to see it that way rather than just seeing, oh, these guys are doing me a favor by being on my podcast. I well, think you guys are doing me a favor, by the way, just to let you know. No, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I think, I think Chun's makes the right point there. Sorry to interject there, Rakesh. It's just that, um, I think with a lot of this stuff and, you know, just kind of, again, in, in terms of the podcast, but in terms of just general advice, it's like check your ego out the door and hustle. Mm. You know, that's really where, what it comes down to is like, the, you know, just because you get a no, it's not a personal insult against you or your product. It's just not the right time for that particular person or you might not be established enough. And, you know, it, uh, rejection is is a huge fear. So, mm. um a lot of people get rejected and quit because you know, and not not that's a not to uh, to talk down on anyone who does that. Rejection's painful, but mm. I think that the key, one of the keys to success is um, is bounce back ability. If that's even a, a to kind Resilience, of I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, for me, doing it on my own, like I said, there's days where I not that I'm not motivated. It's like I don't want to do it. Or mm. has it helped that you're doing it as a duo? I think it has. Yeah. I think it definitely yeah. has because we know where one wouldn't, we've all gone into interviews even last season, maybe even this season where we've kind of felt, because sometimes they're at night, eight, nine o'clock. You've had mm-hmm. a tough day doing whatever you've been doing up since 6am, 7am grinding with your nine to five coaching or my, my day job, that kind of thing or editing. And then it hits eight o'clock and you're ready to put your feet up and watch something on TV. But, no, you've got to go back into work mode. So it's sometimes it's very difficult in that sense to um, to to enter an interview and have to put that game face on. Mm-hmm. It is challenging, and we've we've also at some points been hung over on at the start <laughs> of the interview. And and it's it's how you, but we we pick up where the other one yeah. lets off. Yeah. So in some cases where I may not want to be more talkative, Max very good at reading them signals and and that's where I think the partnership and the and the duo aspect really comes into play definitely okay. it's um it's one of those where we're we we've always bounced off each other as well, which is really nice so this this is not not new because we've got that dynamic it's it's kind of translated into the podcast so mm-hmm. even when me and Chuns are on set, my energy comes from the music he plays and and a lot of the times his play, his next track selection might come off something that the crowd have done because I've interacted with him in a certain way. So yeah. there's there's that kind of feeding off each other's energy. And because we're coming at it from different angles and enjoy each other's opinions yeah. and comments, we're able to kind of just kind of re-energize through the other person's. No, of course. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I get it 
through my own, you know, through the guests. But like I said, even today, this is the first time I've interviewed two people on a podcast. The energy is completely different because actually, one, I'm having to be even more focused because I'm trying to make sure that one, you know, I'm giving both of you the opportunity to be able to give some equal time as well. You know, it could be quite easy for an interviewer to just focus on one person, but to be able to manage that and also to be asked the relevant questions to keep track. And it can be challenging, of course. Mm. And to have another person, I might need to get my daughter in to help me, I think. (laughs) 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 And so, you know, great success with season one. And, you know, I enjoyed it. I didn't listen to all of the episodes. I'm not, I've got to give a bit of a secret a cat out of the bag here i'm not much of a podcast listener even though i do one yeah, yeah i'm yeah. much more of a visual person but again the reason yours attracted to me because it was you know just brought back memories it's it's old music it was old school music and for me and also some of the artists uh that i you know listened to it was just interesting to go back and hear their stories so i thought mm, yeah. yeah so for me it was really enjoyable and um so what was it last couple of you know you've been doing loads of promos for season two and mm. then, you know, I just, I thought, wow, you know, you guys are coming back. And, and that just made me think that, you know, you've had this success last year, you're bringing it back again. You know, I thought you, you guys are going to be ideal to come on to the second success podcast, just to be able to talk mm. about the challenges that you had and coming into this new season. So talking about new season, was it easier or, is, or have you had different challenges? I think, I think it's different. I think we, we ultimately know what we're what we're in for with mm. season two but also at the same time you have the easier aspect in the fact that you're established to an extent mm-hmm. so w- one keys one key to our success of season one we got to the point about midway through uh i think it was probably around the time when we interviewed rishi rich wasn't it mac that mm. we, it was almost felt as if we turned a corner yeah mm-hmm. yeah podcast it felt it was a bit of an uphill battle up until that point we had some great names, don't get me wrong, and and some we leverage because they're friends and mm-hmm. or we know people through them that introduce us. But I think around the Rishi Rich episode, we started getting a lot of industry people reaching out to us and saying, mm-hmm. what you guys are doing is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Just purely because of the fact we, we do interviews week in, week out, and they tend to be 10, 15 minutes or whatever, and they're just asking us questions about, oh, what's your new song? What, what, mm-hmm. what have you got in store? But nobody really knows our story yeah. or how what's really inspired us at each step away. And that was actually key. And we wanted to spark nostalgia, like you said, by getting these people on yeah. there and the people that you've listened to and they've made successful music. But we carried that into season two. And from a podcast perspective itself, mm. it was easier because... Yeah. We, we could leverage off off the experience that we got from season one and the and the uh, relationships that we built. Mm-hmm. But it was difficult in the sense that we just didn't want it to be just like season one. Yeah. We wanted to elevate. We wanted to put ourselves out there. Like a ma- massive challenge for us, even though Max, a, um, a life coach and uh, in marketing, social media doesn't come very easy to us. Like, I, I think you need, we, we've said this plenty of times, haven't we, Max? You need... You need to be a certain person to be successful in social media. You've got to love talking about yourself <laughs> all the time. And it, it doesn't come naturally to us as much as we talk on the microphone and, and stuff like that, but it doesn't come easy. Well, to I, us. I really enjoyed the social media game. I'll tell you what I do enjoy is when you do your uh, either or stories, you got to pick. Mm. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 man. I don't yeah, know who to yeah, pick, yeah. and I think I just, yeah. when you when it, when I try and do it as much as possible. But when you see me not engaging, that means I don't. I can't decide. You don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not just you're not just ghosting us. You're actually exactly. undecided. It, it, it's tough. Social media is a, social media is a real like Chun say that. I think that was if we were to say what are the difficulties. It's it's um, because because you know your my personal industry coaching your industry Rakesh and even Roots and Rhymes the people are the brand you know it's not that it's a product we're selling a product so the product becomes a brand and once you once you are your brand then you have to completely disengage from your almost your own personal opinions on social media and just do it for the sake of doing it because i'm I'm not a fan of like sharing like what i'm having for dinner or those kind of things because it's I, i just like from a philosophical level don't agree with the validation that social media either gives or doesn't give and it's a whole whole problem in itself but then when you've got coming to promote a brand and you and we're on we're together and we're like we're doing something fun and we're like oh we should be filming this for social that that mm. that is it's always an afterthought yeah, yeah it's, it's always an afterthought vibe for us because we, it's just doesn't come naturally to us at all yeah I'm, I, I'm with you there it's um as much as I'm passionate about transformation and coaching obviously I have to market myself and do it myself as well. Absolutely. So it's odd. And I guess what I do these days is trying to try and be more present and aware of situations that could fall into the coaching thing. So I was thinking, is that a marketing opportunity? So it's a, I don't like that the fact that I have to do that because it's almost like, even though I'm trying to be present, it's yeah. almost like, well, I've got this filter on where I'm looking at things yeah. through a marketing head, yeah. which I don't exactly. want to be doing. No, it's, it's so tough. It's such such a tough balance to get right. Hey, it's all right, guys. You know, when we're earning loads and we can all employ marketing teams to do it all for us, we won't need to <laughs> well, bother. So Exactly. exactly. That, that's the crazy thing, isn't it? It's Because it, it doesn't come naturally. It's almost like you have to second or third guess yourself and think, mm. should I put this on? Does, does this sound like I'm too big headed? Hang on. Yeah. Is this what people want to see? it's it's such a learning curve my opinion and not my opinion doesn't always count i enjoy it so you know yeah. if that counts for anything you know i I, th- I enjoy it put it this way um i find it engaging i think with social media that's that's what it's supposed to do isn't it you're supposed to be able to engage and that was the it. hardest thing about yeah. how can we because recently we've we've been victims of the instagram algorithm mm. and the stuff that we were putting up we found certain posts were doing much better than other posts even though we were posting at the same times a day, that kind of stuff. But we ended up realizing, okay, it's not necessarily about the content itself. It's not yeah. just great putting content out. You've got to put the right content out. And that's why it's been a massive learning curve for us as well. So, so so, where are you guys taking Roots and Rhyme? What, what's going to happen with the podcast? You know, where, where are you taking it? So, you know, you've had season one, you, you know, season two is kicking off now. What's What's the bigger picture for it? I think I think we 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 are roots and rhymes the brand. The podcast is a product of the brand mm. rather than being the brand. And okay. I think uh, me and Shunza both discussed that we would like to almost create additional products around it. At, at heart, we're we're live entertainers. The, that's our primary thing. Obviously, you know the pandemic is putting a halt to that. But I would say that. Um, expansion into doing other things under the Bruce and Rams umbrella trends would I think that's kind of the, the brief summary of where we're trying to go yeah I, th- I, th- I think so uh, well that's the thing it's like we said it initially started off let's do a podcast because we've always been DJ and MC it's never been formalized it's always been Chuns and Mac 
right? And we thought, let's do a podcast. Called it Roots and Rhymes. Roots and Rhymes ended up creating a brand in itself for the podcast. But then you you do end up realizing, as Max says uh, earlier, it becomes more about the people. So we're, we're pushing ourselves forward, putting ourselves more at the forefront, trying to shine our personalities through a little bit more. And with that, ultimately get back to live situations, get live on set. And obviously now the opportunity uh, with the BBC Asian Network has come as well, which is huge for us as well to, yeah. So I won't say too much, but. Yeah, Chance, so, you know, you mentioned people there and, you, you know, Mac as well, you've mentioned it, it being about people. And I think what attracted, really drew me to your social media especially for this season, was your campaign for the events industry and how you're working with that. How did that come about? So we, I myself, dating back maybe 10, 12 years, have been in live events and AV mm. and that side of things. So I've got a lot of friends in that industry. And obviously, having a lot of friends in that industry, I've been able to see firsthand how it is the lack of live events and the cancellation of events has affected people. Then that was cemented by the conversations that we ended up having with a lot of the guests on the show and mm. uh, comedians like Suck Odula off offline. She said to us, she goes, listen, guys, one thing I have to say to you is support the arts because at this rate, it's going to die. Yeah. It, there's no theaters open comedians like me, actors, entertainers, they've got no work. And that really resonated with us. And especially speaking to the artists at the same time as well, mm. we um, we ended up getting the gist that it, it was hitting them, but they don't show it too much. Mm. And that was another aspect, looking at how our community as British Asians almost see talking as unsuccess and money and how difficult yeah. times are as a bit of a taboo. Mm. So We Make Events is obviously a campaign that I, I knew about from the start of the pandemic. Um, they had done massive things within the like the more mainstream live events, but nobody was talking about it for British Asian music events. And obviously we know weddings are a massive part of, yeah. uh, of our events industry and artists and, and them entertainers, they rely on that industry and it, and it's dying. So we, we thought, okay, let's, let's use our platform and the opportunity that we're speaking to people to almost get out there and try and get on radio, get interviews and say, listen, guys, let's talk about this or at least let's just raise awareness of it, uh, that it's happening and people might need help. So mm. by having these conversations, they're going to be more forthcoming about that. Having you guys on, you know, the, the majority of my guests have been entrepreneurs, business people, uh, and very rare that I've had person from the arts. Uh, I, I've had uh, Eloise and Hayley who are from that area. But having you guys on, it's, it's something different. And, you know, when I talk about success, that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, what field you're in, you're still applying similar principles. You know, so it is about that mindset. It is about resilience. It is about, well, actually, you've still got to go out there and do it. Whether you're working in an office or working from home or doing something in the arts, everybody has has to go through the same thing. But yet your space has been challenged more than anybody's at the moment. And not, you know, the people who are in that world probably don't even know about it. Probably just think, Absolutely. oh, I can't go to the theatre today. I can't go to the cinema or I can't go to a concert. But actually don't realise how many lives are being impacted. It's not just the artists. It's the people around them, the people that actually work in that area. So, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. uh, that's a huge point. It's the, there's a lot that goes into these live events far beyond the headline acts that we all remember. So I, I guess you might not be able to take talk about this, but this is probably the real success now. I guess that's just been announced that you guys are going to be a new voice on uh, BBC Asian Network. 
Yeah. So are you allowed to talk about it at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've got the green light. We've got the green light yesterday. The the BBC, as soon as they've said it, then it's uh, our our duty to help promote that as well. That's fantastic. Now, you know, I I know they've been running a campaign to look to get voices in and everything. And, you know, I've just got to say huge congratulations to you both, you know, to see that you were announced as a new voice on BBC Asian Network. You know, it's a show uh, channel that I watch, uh, watch, listen to regularly. So, uh, no, to be able to hear you guys on it uh, soon, that would be brilliant, actually. So, you know, with with your Roots and Rhymes, you know, with your podcast now with, uh, with the radio, how are you going to fit it all in? Plus your day job, plus your families and everything. Trust me. Don't, don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no I, sleep. I think at this point now, every every hour of the day is accounted for really. And it, but the thing is, it it all comes from a place of passion. So when you when you have that passion and you want to make a success of it, like everybody says to me, what's the end goal with this? And I just say to them, I'm just trying to give it a go. I'm just trying to give it a fair go, basically. Because we do our nine to fives and we're very much immersed in that and we do our best there. But then you also have this underlying sense of, I, I, I want to really do better at that. I want to give it a go. It wasn't ready to hang up. I wasn't ready to hang up my boots. I, I took a break from it to pursue other things within, within my life, but I, we weren't ready to hang up our boots. So when people say, Oh, is this your full-time job now? I'm like, no, I, I just do this on evenings and weekends and, and any time in between. Um, so it's just about making a good go of it and doing the best you can with with the time that you've got. And if you do get to a point where you potentially something needs to give, then you, it's it's a situation that you've got to have an honest conversation with yourself. What's more important in that time? Taking it back to the whole entrepreneurial world, you know, you have people that are managing multiple businesses or multiple income streams or whatever it is. They've still mm. got to do that. And, you know, they all have their own issues that they have to deal with and balance. And again, bringing it into here as well, you, you guys have to do that. And no, no um, different at all to the entrepreneur, no different from the entrepreneurial world at all in terms of, I think one of the, the things that I, we, we are both comfortable is that we haven't set that what's the end game for this, because I think that once you do that, Mm. then you just unnecessarily create an enormous amount of pressure to get to that point as fast as possible. It stops being passionate then and starts being a, a, a weight around your neck. So that's one of the things that I think we've done uh, really sensibly. And and the other thing is just constant evolution, just because right now today we're saying, right, we've got this day and the, these weekends and these evenings free. In a, in a week's time, if that needs to change, we'll, we'll jump on a call and we'll say, okay, what changes and how do we evolve this? And so... Sometimes as as important as structure is, mm. flexibility is actually the most important thing to create, to be willing to create new structure, structure at different milestones in, in, in growth. Well, well, they say it's not the survival of the fittest, it's the survival of the one who's most adaptable to change, isn't it, really? It's, so. ad- it's adaptability. It's, it's never been fittest. It's the most, most adaptable survive. Well, I got you there. So tell me, what's been your, you know, and usually what I ask more guests is, you know, your three mental attributes that you've taken forward. But really, you know, conscious of your guys' times, but really what's been your one big learning over the last 12 months? I think, um, I think, you know, as much as we're in this industry, Rakesh, and we, you know, we, 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 have, we have similar training, the, la- the, the m- most important learning for me over this last 12 months is, you know, we t- I previously talked a lot about control, you know, p- the, p- the need for control stunts, mm. stunts growth, it leads to perfectionism, it really is counterproductive. But I think what the last 12 months have shown us is, that even the things that you took for granted that you thought you could control, 
you don't even control them. You don't, we cannot control going outside, visiting yeah. friends and family. There's, they, they're even amongst that whole control conversation. That's usually, don't worry about how other people react. Don't control the uncontrollables. The reality of the situation, what this pandemic is teaching us is there are no controllables other than your state of mind. Mm. Literally, there is nothing you can control. You can't control going outside. You can't control whether a virus mutates. You cannot control the, 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 the amount you can control has decreased. And the things that even we took for granted that you can't control some things, but you can control going to the gym. You can't even control that now. So the biggest learning for me is control is an illusion and it's uh, and we have to be adaptable and you, you used the word a minute ago it is survival of the most adaptable right now because control is the biggest illusion that we've got and there's nothing that's highlighted that more than this pandemic yeah thank you mac i really appreciate that what about you chance what's your biggest learning i think i think what i've learned and if we if we talk from a, a podcasting edge and and what we've been doing is patience because there's one thing that you think that as soon as you start something that why am I not successful yet? Why have, why am I not getting that reply on that email? And you're very quick to fire off a, uh, a follow-up email. What I've learned over a number of years, but they've really allowed me to practice them over the last year is patience in that have conversations when it's the right time to have conversation. Not when you think that, right, I want a conversation right now. Sometimes waiting a day or two, the person that you may be having the conversation with might be in a better state of mind to to allow you to have a better opportunity. So I think patience has, has been a big thing for me. And that hence why we came back for season two, because we patiently wanted to grow on that success. It wasn't like, oh, it, it wasn't, we didn't get where we wanted to after season one. So let's just bin it off. Let's, uh, let's try season two. Let's, let's, again, try and control the things that we can like marketing and how we put ourselves out there and use that element and control and patiently grow. No, it's good. For me, you know, I, I find I learn best off other people. And, you know, just two things, you know, what you, what you guys have just talked about today is something very familiar with. Uh, patience for me is something I need to improve upon, definitely. Um, I actually thought I... I was going to, when I was doing my podcast, I thought I'll do a season, then I'll take a bit of a break, a month or two. I actually had a one week break because, <laughs> because do you know what? I actually missed interviewing the people because yeah, it was a yeah, way yeah. for me to connect during lockdown because I would right. do a whole load of interviews. You know, I'd do maybe four or five interviews in a week and then spend the time slowly releasing them out. So I missed it. I thought, no, do you know what? I can't wait. I need to go back into it again. So, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. know, but in the way that was a positive thing for me, but um, guys, listen, um, I want to say a huge congratulations once again, one for the success with Roots and Rhymes and also now being getting onto BBC Asian Network, looking forward to that. So again, thank you for your time and I'm um, looking forward to getting this podcast out as soon as possible. It's uh, definitely a pleasure and really enjoyed this conversation as well. You know, for the amount of conversations that we have, this has been a really enjoyable one. So thank you. <laughs> Cheers, definitely. Mate. Yeah. It's, it, it's been a great, it's been a great chat, uh, Rakesh and, we uh, it's it's nice to actually discuss what's been going on with us in the background for the last year as well. I mean, it, it's been a great opportunity to kind of uh, to get that out there, and and we hope people like listening to it. Brilliant. Thank you very much again. Bye. Thank you. That was Chanson Mac from Roots and Rhymes, and I must admit, absolutely amazing and a pleasure to see their success. And I'm wishing them all the best for the future too.
And don't forget to subscribe to their podcast either, Roots and Rhymes, uh, available on all major streaming platforms, as is the Second Success podcast, which I'm hoping you should be following anyway. But if not, please do give it a follow. Mac touched upon control and how that's something that he's learned to let go of, um, especially over the past 12 months with what we've had to go through. And it's something that I do see a lot of when people lose control it does raise levels of stress and anxiety so letting go of control is it's not a flick of a switch we can't just do it that quickly but some of the steps that I've seen work are writing down a list of the things that are in your control simple things like your diet your physical exercise yes you may not be able to go to the gym but you can still try and do some physical exercise And then as well as physical exercises, something to consider is also mental exercises. Whether you have some sort of a meditative practice, whether you just like to take time out, going for walks, taking time away from your digital appliances. These are just some ways in which you can try and exert some control over your life. I think out of everything that we can do and the things that I've just mentioned, the one thing above all, a simple thing that we can all practice, and that's gratitude. When we're grateful for some of the smallest things that we do have, um, the fact that we lack control, the fact that we might be missing out on something, you know, that FOMO effect, do you know what? It won't worry us as much. Um, Gratitude for all things great and small, I think. That's the way to go. And when I think of gratitude, uh, there's a movie, uh, I think, that uh, exemplifies that, and that's uh, The Shawshank Redemption. So today, I'd like to leave you with a clip from The Shawshank Redemption. singing about. Truth is, I don't want to know. Some things are best left unsaid. I like to think they were singing about something so beautiful it can't be expressed in words and makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you those voices soared higher and farther than anybody in a great place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man at Shawshank felt free. Thank you for listening to the Second Success Podcast. I'm Dr. Rakesh Rana, The Clear Coach.